Blog Talk Radio. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. You know what they say, 
They saved, I saved the best for last, ladies and gents. And you know what? I have plenty to say about what Punk just said. So now, without further ado, ladies and gents, should we kick it old school? And uh, not going to go a full-on review. But yours truly, the one, the only. It's your one and only true Brian Rails. Who the fuck else? No, not your boy on Hot 9-7. Although that'd be pretty cool. Anyways. Let's review all of it. Most of it. Because pretty much... Ladies and gents, it's been a while since we've done a full-on boring-ass review that everyone else does and sits on YouTube and says, well, I like this match, I dislike this match. I thought this match was the snoozer of the night. From top to bottom, SummerSlam in Nashville was amazing. <clears throat> and two, that probably was one dull moment of the night. Not, you know, total snoozer. And that would be McAfee versus Corbin. Although carrying Corbin is like trying to carry a thousand pounds of brick while you're trying to swim up to the surface from being thrown into the river. Does that analogy make any fucking sense? No. And sometimes AEW doesn't. But, you know. They're like, well, you're just throwing shade. Look, let's focus on SummerSlam, shall we? Okay. Flip through here. Okay, folks. SummerSlam emanated from Nashville and had 48,000 people in attendance. Let's see, you know, 48,449 people. That's not too shabby. The Raw Women's Championship was on the line between Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. You want to talk about matches that set the tone and actually make sense before you hit the main event? <clears throat> that was a perfect match. It was actually better than Sasha. You know, the one who walked out on her own accord because she felt disrespected. I'm full of throwing shade tonight. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to hold back. But anyways, I digress. The Spanish fly move that hasn't been used at all was used in this match with Becky and Bianca. Yes, Bianca, you know, from the Spanish fly hit the KOD. One, two, three. And then, of course, Bailey, Dakota, Kai, and Eosky returned. Much to everyone's surprise. I mean, Bailey been out for a year and a half. Almost two. And that was, you know, something special. And Becky tried to run in and save Bianca. And she did. They backed off. Rode off into the sunset. Pretty cool moment. Moving on. You had... <laughs> This dude's a sponge, man. Logan Paul and the Miz. You talk about a dude who learns quick, and he's earning respect in the locker room. You know, look, this kid adapts to anything that he sets his mind to. He's one of the premier new age athletes of this era. He's a great podcaster, and on top of that, Went from the learning tree of The Miz to pretty much the learning tree of anyone and everyone in WWE. That match did feature AJ Styles running in. Logan Paul did a lot of cool stuff, like a phenomenal forearm. 
He even did a moonsault, guys, a dive off, you know. He's doing stuff that the guys are doing now. I mean, both WWE and AEW, he did a a suicide dive. And on top of that, folks, a skull-crushing finale. One, two, three, Logan Paul gets the win. Lashley versus Theory. Okay, that match wasn't too bad. Lashley ended up winning, and it had a great, great build. A no-DQ tag team match. Mysterio's versus the Judgment Day. Um, You want to talk about cool? Edge, rising up, you know, the good old days that he used to come out, you know, with the brood and getting grown and all that. That was pretty cool. Again, I said there's no... There was literally no dull moment throughout this entire pay-per-view, and a lot of people are saying, well, you're just saying that because, no, look, I noticed that it was very wrestling-centric, stealing some words from the partner in crime, Pizza Simpson, but I will tell you, his return and a match that wasn't completely lost on bullshit, and no swerve, no turns, nothing, just Edge's return. Edge helped the Mysterios with the assist. It was no DQ. Six, six, one, nine from Dominic and Ray. They get the victory and ride off into the sunset. <laughs> McAfee versus Corbin. We have a whole entire chorus of, of dudes singing bum-ass Corbin. Makes sense to me. I mean, once upon a time, they told the story that these two were roommates. They did a hype video on this match. Yes, it's pretty hard to get a dude who's not used to doing other wrestling moves outside of the basic and uh, boring. But Baron Corbin, I mean Baron Corbin, essentially, it wasn't a bad match. So it was that one move. It Well, that's neither here nor there. Move doesn't define a match sometimes. Sometimes it does for people. Sometimes it does. I don't really care. But if you want to message me, call me, beat me. If you want to reach me, sorry. Copyright <laughs> infringement. Kim Possible. If you want to message me, it's wrestle underscore radio at underscore Brian Rails on Twitter. Or on the Book of Face on Facebook. Wrestle Radio Network forward slash Facebook.com. Message me. Call me. Call in, dudes. If you want, I'm here. I'm open. The line, the, n- the number is two one three nine four three three four two two. There is many ways to communicate to me. Moving on, McAfee won that match. <sighs> Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey, the controversial finish. Ronda's shoulders were on the mat, <clears throat> and before the three count, Liv Morgan definitely was tapping. The referee's vision was obstructed, and that caused a whole bunch of shit. Ronda went ape shit. She gave the <laughs> Liv Morgan more punishment. She gave the referee and certain officials the arm bar, and that was that. Ronda looks like an idiot, or not idiot, but she looks like the total bitch, the total heel. Loved it. Loved every single moment of it. Uh, Universal Championship. Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. I have never seen somebody pick up the ring with a 20-foot tractor 
not 20-foot tractor, 20 feet in the air. So bad I can't talk tonight, guys. That's what happens when I have a day off to myself. So I'm going to find this to be fairly interesting, okay? I want to play the sound of Michael Cole. I've never, I've seen the Big Show break the ring a couple times here and there. And this is pretty interesting. Please, God, play the whole thing. Please. Maestro, if you could, please roll the footage. Not that footage. Goodness grief. See, SummerSlam wasn't, let's have a million interviews backstage, let's take away from the night, the crowd is not completely dead. And so, yes, it took the Usos to interfere. Roman keeps the championship for how long? I don't know, I don't care, I love every single minute of it. SummerSlam was the bomb diggity, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now... WWE Raw, from the moment that I caught on, I didn't have time to take notes on that, but I did catch it when it was uh, Asuka versus Alexa Bliss, which that got interrupted by a faction who was yet to be named, Bailey, Io Sky, and Dakota Kai. And then, who runs in but Bianca Belair, the Raw Women's Champion? And let me tell you, I have missed this style of WWE for quite some time. It feels like NXT style from back when it was 2013 is starting to creep up, and it's making the show very wrestling-centric, making it relatable to the fans who don't want to just see 20 minutes of interviews. And you notice the 24-7 championship is now devoid. Thank God. Those stupid run-in segments, I mean, they were funny for certain people, and it was great for the moment in the time being. I hope to God they didn't have a segment like that. If I didn't catch it, oh, well. So Bianca Belair has gotten herself into or had gotten herself into an impromptu match with Io Sky. She knew it was an amazing match. I think that was probably one of my favorite moments of the show. Um, the Mysterios and the main event faced the Usos for the WWE Universal Tag Team Championships. Unified Tag Team Championships, my bad. Judgment Day got involved, of course. Oh, before all that, though, Edge said something that most of us who, or some of us, 
who are still watching WWE have wanted to say. I created the Judgment Day, and now I'm going to kill it. Thank God. That was the dumbest fucking faction outside of a few, just to name one out of a few, that WWE has come up with from a creative perspective, okay? Now, I want to point out, I, I did watch NXT just a few hours ago. The replay that is on, uh, not going to name names, but I you know, don't want to get them in trouble. <clears throat> but I watched the replay. And I must tell you, from top to bottom, wow, in the span of just, well, a week, Triple H has come in and taken the reins. And for those who are doubting his credibility and have not noticed the noteworthy changes in NXT, because I noticed that Vic Joseph isn't highly annoying with his tech, you know, ooh, his famous stub the toe moment, you know. Lord only knows. It started off hot with a fatal four-way for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. These are names that I have not heard of. Maybe I need to catch up. But Caden uh, Carter and Katana Chance, Valentina Ferro and Ulyssa Leon, Leon, Tatum Paxley and Ivy Nile, Toxic Attractions, G, or JC Jane and Gigi Dolan. So the very first people to be eliminated was Valentine, Valentina Feroz and Ulyssa Leon and then Tatum Paxley and Ivy Nile. Thanks to a blind tag from Jane. I mean, that was so – it wasn't all over the place. You know, it's chaotic like it's competitor. It was chaotic like it's competitor, but this chaos was easier to follow than AEW's bullshit. Sorry, had to mention it. Um, and guys, we have new tag team NXT women's tag team champions, Caden Carter and Katana Chance. Reverse 450 splash, one, two, three. Easy, easy, right? Josh Briggs and Brooke Jensen. Brooks Jensen issued a challenge, actually, Joe Gacy. Offered a challenge, I guess, to Brooks Jensen. You express yourself this way. I'll express myself this way. Lord only knows, dude. I mean, it's kind of a really sad fill-in for Bray Wyatt, if you ask me. He's not even close to the magnitude of Bray. But, you know, what? he fits the mold, I guess, with what they're looking for for that time being. Um, Carmelo Hayes is having an open challenge for the North American Championship. And, of course, Truth Williams has to add his two cents. And then there's a dude who kind of, if I look at him, he's kind of, I don't know, eerily similar to uh, Cesaro. Or now he goes by Claudio Castanoli, but his Mandarin, Vinci is his name. And let me tell you. Just by looking, sorry, mic drop. Just by looking at those two, yes, Cesaro's bigger, broader, probably. I don't know if they have the same amount of strength, but uh, one's the Swiss Superman, the other one's the Italian uh, destroyer, if you will. It was an open challenge, but he was taking forever, kind of like taking a selfie of himself. Then Nathan Fraser, formerly of NXT UK, opened. 
you know, answered the call a lot quicker and gave Carmelo Hayes a run for his money, but thanks to Trick Williams' little distraction and Vinci's interference, one, two, three, the champion. The North American Championship is retained. Not to go on completely down the list. I lied. I like this show. It's been months since I have watched WWE consecutively without thinking it's a chore. Imagine that. What a bootlicker I am. NXT Heatwave Summit. Braun Breaker and JT McDonough. Talk about psycho. I mean, you cut your finger open, then sign the contract in blood. Holy shit. Braun Breaker's kind of bland and generic, and I think it might be great at Heatwave that if the title changes hands, it may not. Probably won't. I might be pleasantly surprised. I don't. I really, honestly, don't know. Apollo Cruz was seen backstage with the Creed Brothers, so on and so forth. Let's fast forward, shall we? Mandy Rose versus Saray. Zoe Stark comes in and saves Saray's hind parts, you know, her ass, right? Then there's a promo about Tiffany Stratton, who gives a fuck, and then. There's a backstage brawl between Duke Hudson and this new dude named Axiom, who looks a lot like Sin Cara. I don't know what their obsession with guys that dress like Sin Cara look like Sin Cara. The only difference is one is black and gold mask. I, you know what? Axiom, I wrote in the notes, guys, that he had a one, two, three kid moment. You know, when one, two, three kids shocked the hell out of Razor Ramon, you know, with the moonsault into the one, two, three. Well, this guy had a roll-up, pinned both shoulders, and one, two, three. Surprised the hell out of Duke Hudson. Surprised the hell out of me and Wade Barrett, for that matter, you goober. Okay, so next on the list, the NXT Tag Team Championships. Roderick Strong was not present, neither was Diamond Mines. Well, their their mind to it, you know. Their structure, if you will. He wasn't there. You know, Damon Kemp came in and said, We ha we you know, you guys have a plan, right? Blah 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 blah. They go out the curtain and they face off with Oh yeah. Channing Stacks and or Lorenzo's whatever Stacks Lorenzo and Tony D'Angelo. Now I've been not watching NXT for quite some time, but I do remember Santos Escobar and I do recall Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> yes, the Creed brothers are a very sound team, and if it wasn't you know for the whole I'm gonna hand Santos Escobar who was hospitalized a couple weeks ago been handing the crowbar Tony D'Angelo got his comeuppance for that and then the Creed Brothers hit move one, two, three, that's it then there's a whole bunch of backstage shit Roxana Perez God, they there's one thing that irritates me is people that sound like it's so force-fed deer 
They were doing just fine letting them loose for that moment, and Roxanne Perez sounded so rehearsed. It sounded so full of shit. Cora Jade was my best friend, and I will do anything and everything in my power to not be associated with her. I was in denial. Girl, come the fuck on. The whole, who wrote that promo for you? Who who seriously wrote that shit? That was probably the worst part of the night for NXT. Not going to totally bash it, but if you're going to talk shit about Cora Jade, be like, no more Miss Nice Girl. This girl's done playing games. Something to that effect. You may have beaten me. You may have betrayed me. But push comes to shove. Even that sounds so badly written, man. That's all I'm going to say. Because I, I blacked out after that. Hayden Carter and Katan. Chance interview, whatever. Brooks Jensen versus Joe Gacy. Okay, no. Santos Escobar accepts Tony D'Angelo's challenge for NXT. Sola Sokola versus Von Wagner. Von Wagner still... Still in WWE, my goodness, I see he's main event now, must be doing something right. Um, Solo Sokola and him had a Falls Count Anywhere match, and boy, this went everywhere. I thought it was going to be, you know, in and out of the ring, in and out of the ring, oh, there's a weapon, that's a weapon. No, they went outside, Solo Sokola got dumped in a dumpster. Plus, I recall the whole new meaning of taking out the trash, as Vic Joseph stated, when Sola Sokola took a trash bag and beat the fuck out of uh, Von Wagner. Then they went all the way back outside. Or back inside, my bad. There was chairs. There was kendo sticks. There was a fire extinguisher. So... That was NXT, and I don't have dynamite to talk about because... To be quite honest with you, a friend of mine, a little, you know, little informant told me, actually a big informant, told me that we're not going to get Moxley versus Punk. We're most likely going to get Moxley versus Jericho, a match that happened nearly four or five years ago, maybe so six years back or even 11 years back. And folks, before I get this party started, allow me to just say the following. Little breath in between the monologue, if you If you would like to become a professional wrestler, do not hesitate to look on your phone because you can find wrestling school located in your local wrestling schools. But this one, this one is quite special, dude. Monster Factory, one of the best wrestling schools in the world. Product has produced this this school has produced Matt Riddle. I believe it was uh Luke Gallows, Tammy Stitch, don't want to mention her too much. Uh let's see here. Bam Bam Bickelow, the big show. The list goes on. So if you want to sign up to become a professional wrestler, commentator, announcer Ring announcer, whatever 
wrestler you want to do in life. Referee, female wrestler, male. The list goes on. Train, sign up today for pricing at monsterfactory.org. For more information, contact the phone number located on the website. Monster Factory is located in Paulsboro, New Jersey. For further questions, do not email the office. Text that number or give that person a call. Contact Danny Cage, the head trainer and owner of the world-famous Monster Factory, located, once again, in Paulsboro, New Jersey. Make your dreams of becoming a professional wrestler and then some. Come true today, tonight, whenever. Sign the fuck up. You will not regret it. Monster Factory. World famous for for a reason. All right, folks. This is one of my favorites because I actually have something to say. So I'm just instead of rambling around and around, I have something to vent and then ramble, okay? The following content presented on this pro wrestling podcast Wrestle Radio Network forward slash off the rails uncensored belongs to the owner Brian Rails. You do not have permission to use, copy, reproduce the content from all episodes recorded and shared on social media. All content is protected by US and international copyright laws. Reproduction and distribution without permission from the owners is strictly prohibited and can be punishable by law. Failure to comply will result in legal action taken. All rights reserved, Russell Radio Network, Off the Rails Uncensored, Beyond the Tracks, and Slice of Pizza Incorporated 2022. All right. Before we get this party started, actually, why not? I mean, just for old times' sakes to play this shit, right? Why the fuck not? DJ, could you please? Come on, quit being a fucker. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to us in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Started. I'm, I'm going to play just <laughs> a tidbit of somebody else that's going to talk about punk. This may be old, okay, but um, here goes. Before we get started, I got something I want to get off my chest, okay? It's more than just making things right with me. It's about the entire WWE universe. It's about everything that's been going on here, and, and it's there's a lot of fear and a lot of unknown, and I want to get it out in the open. So you ask whatever question it is you want to ask. There is no, you should have zero fear. Ask the question you want to ask, and I will tell you the truth. It was my fucking year, and I was white fucking hot, just like he is now. And what did you do? You sent me to this guy, and I pointed right at Hunter. All due respect, I do not need to wrestle you. You need to wrestle me. I do not want to wrestle you. 
I seriously resent you for not putting me over three years ago when you should have. That is, that, been, is that the image of me right now? It doesn't make any business sense then. It doesn't make any business sense now. And I'm in a position now where I can tell you that I don't have to, and nor do I want to wrestle you at WrestleMania. I don't care if I was supposed to win, which I was. Give him the fucking privilege. Well, I don't put a whole ton of stock in the internet rumors and name calling. Um, coward's a pretty strong word. Right, I said a lot of shit in there. Uh, I, I told him again, and, and you know, and Hunter, Hunter was gritting his teeth, and I knew. I mean, he never, he never liked me. If that is the impression of me right now, I want to get that out in the open. I want to clear the air because that is not me. It's not to pick and choose who I wanted. It's to pick and choose who is right for business, who is best for this company. I am the CEO of this company. It is my job to ensure the best product for the WWE Universe for everybody. It is on me to ensure that that happens, and I made sure that that happened. If you are willing to do the crime, you have to be willing to do the time. I was always willing to take whatever repercussion came my way, whatever fight came my way, for whatever I said. If I opened my mouth, I was willing to take the fight. You cannot open your mouth, have the fight come to you, and then whine about it. No problem with anything you have said. Everybody is allowed to have their opinion. Everybody is allowed to have their opinion of everything that goes on here. But you have to pose it in a respectful way. You have to be respectful of the company, respectful of the people that are above you and that control this company. And then you have to you have to actually do the job that you're asked to do. Yet everybody, and this is where it becomes difficult, and this is where I try to be above all this, everybody looks at that. And they, they, they think I'm the bad guy. And that's okay. I'm willing to accept that burden. Who do you think it was harder on? They see him as a legend in this business, larger than life. They all look up to him. And I ask him to do something. As his boss, I ask him to go and perform a job. And he tells me no. Now, if you work at IBM and the, the COO of the company tells you to go do your job and you tell him no, you get fired. Maybe that's what I should have done. But this is where the personal becomes the issue. I'm friends. And I was like, would you look at the, this, the, 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 the roster? How many active members of the roster have been in a WrestleMania main event? How do you expect anybody to get better? Let me ask you this. You look at it in your simple little vacuum, in your simple world. This is so much bigger than you can even fathom. Put yourself in my position. Yes, he scraped and he clawed. So did everybody else. Everybody has worked hard to get to they are. And you know what? Cold, hard fact of life. Some guys get to the top. Some guys don't. Here's the thing. You can't take the human component out of this. Have I made snap decisions in my life? Sure. Um, there's an emotional factor to this that plays into everything. And that is the decision I make. Why am I the person that was chose to do that? Ask Vince McMahon. Because I was the best candidate? I needed the experience of a main event at WrestleMania with somebody who is equal or better than me so I could learn, so I could further become an asset to the product. I could draw more. Yes, I am all that, and then some, and more. Tell me that I got paid the same amount of money as you, Brock, Cena, or, you, you know, uh, whoever. This all, a lot of this comes down to ego. 
A 20-year veteran just looks at me and says, no, I'm not going to do my job. This is all on him. He has the ability to stop this at any point in time. And it is just knowing his spot in life. We have a long history together, an emotional history together. And I know the facts. At the end of the day, all I was asking him to do was his job. Nothing more, nothing less. Go to the ring, do your job. He refused. I'm, I'm, I'm not the enemy here. I want people to understand. I want the talent to understand. I work for them. I work for them. If they do the right things, it makes me want to work for them, and I want to help them. That's what I'm here for. If they will just let me work for them, I promise them they will get things that they never dreamed of. We just, growth is painful. I want everybody here to grow. And if they will just listen and come along, everyone will grow and everyone will prosper. That's it. I mentioned something about the piss test. Hunter goes, well, you know, Dave just took the same piss test you did. Did you? I think it's premature to ask that question. If I wanted to reach the up under the rug, I'm simply that. I'm going to sit here and tell you all something that I believe is going on right now. He called people who opposed his opinion CM Punk. He's like, I know if. If Vince McMahon dies, we all die sometime. So he wasn't totally a crab about that. But when he mentioned walkouts, the person that he mentioned is very similar to him, but under different circumstances, had a platform set in front of her. He mentioned her real name, Mercedes. Oh, whoop-de-doo, he mentioned her real name. I don't give a shit about that part. So... What is the real deal? He's ready to roll. All right. Allow me to elaborate in the best way, shape, or form that I know how. He just said CM Punk in the previous clip that I played at the beginning of the show. He doesn't see that there's a change of culture and that there's people that are the ones that just talk about it, and there's the people that do, or just do it. And he's one of those that just does it. So, in other words, some people live in the moment. They live off impulse, and it works for them. He said, I know people are going to be pissed off. I'm not pissed off at you, man, for speaking your mind. What I am pissed off about is you said that they have no structure. Uh, is that the pot calling the kettle black? AEW has no fucking structure whatsoever with their shows. They book one great match at the beginning of their show on Dynamite. I'll give you an example. If it was Jericho versus Kingston, thank God they saved that for the main event for the first time in a while. But sometimes they book main event quality matches to begin their show and then the rest of the show is completely, absolute, utter bullshit. 
But the fanboys and fangirls, are, they give us what they want. We watch it every Wednesday. We even watch Rampage. Hell, we'll even watch Elevation Dark. Let me inform you on something. This is not to bash AEW. This is just to set the record straight. I've been forced to watch AEW's product for the last year and a half. Some parts of it are good, and some parts of it are, you know, bad. Okay, let's just be honest. So, Honk said in that little two-minute clip that I played that, he go, they trashed them on TV. No, they deserve to be throttled. Mercedes and Trinity, here's why. If you don't know them personally, you can't call them by the name. Bitch, please. You want to sit here comfortable in your own chair without, you're out with a foot injury so, you, you know, Moxley became the interim champion, whatever. But you want to sit there and say it was very coward of them to chastise them on national TV. You know as well as I do, brother, that when you as a wrestler walk before you wrestle in the main event, that's a disrespect to this business, the business of or sport of professional wrestling. That's a slap on the face. Um, whoever was in charge, it doesn't matter if it was Vince or Hunter. They simply walked out because they stopped Sasha for the probably, let's see, third time, stopped her feet when she didn't get what she wanted because she knew that she wasn't getting a championship, that she wasn't the main draw of the company, that she wasn't playing hot potato with Charlotte anymore with the championship belt. The fans got sick of her. Some of us did. So it really was justifiable for Michael Cole to sit there and chastise them because even if you didn't agree with what the company was doing, you could have been a grown-ass adult about it, wrestled your match, and then walked the fuck out of the company. But no, they did so when it was live. And I believe the reason for CM Punk's tirade is because the man walked out of the company because he didn't get the amount that he was promised at WrestleMania and so much more than that he adds to it. What a crying, whiny little bitch. You sit here, you pray he's like, oh ha ha, I got the attention of the ire of a podcast host, or I got the ire of so many people who don't like me. Whoop do I have haters? What are you, twenty five or your age, man? So much that needs to be said about you. You used to be who I looked up to because for years you had people fooled. You did walk out of the company. because Actually, they're like, they fired him. They fired you because you were being a whiny little bitch. You didn't want to take the P-test. Why? Just fucking do it. Instead of crying and trying to be the company rebel, you could have easily... Easily main evented. But you're like, it's more than that. It's the principle of the thing. Oh, really? You want to sit there and say things like WWE is not structured. I would love to have a roster full of 122 people and not know what the fuck to do with every single one of them. Considering also the fact that AEW doesn't pay or should be paying their top heel. And no, I'm not talking about Chris Jericho, nor am I talking about, God, who was the name? Who, outside of Kenny Omega, outside of 
whomever AEW's top heel is, now it's starting to circle and jerk around. You know, starting now it's starting to look a lot like Chris Jericho is trying to put himself over again. And Tony Khan is too oblivious to notice that. You want to also point out the foul or the fucked up beginnings of AEW versus what WWE is trying to do, and everyone's jumping on the bandwagon with, oh, you think that Vince still won't have control of the company. For those of you who have been completely fooled, he's out there somewhere trying to run creative. Hunter is not running this thing on autopilot, according to the words of Vince Russo, the guy who couldn't know his ass from a hole in the ground. Ladies and gentlemen, of the of the wrestling jury, let me present facts to you. CM Punk, his last match in WWE was 10 years ago. He left on bad terms. They offered him several things to which he turned down. He acted like a crying, petulant child who didn't get his way. I don't have any intention to go into his autograph signings, dude. I really don't have any intention to go meet the poor fucker because here's the deal. He gave his best effort at WrestleMania 29, which I was there to say, you know, see him face the Undertaker. It was a phenomenal match that I heard after the fact. They're like, people will try and make Punk out to be this martyr who left on not so good terms, was fired through FedEx. Look. He's not telling you the whole fucking story. He's like, were you there? Do you fucking know my life? Do I owe you anything? No, dude. The fact still remains, or the fact still remains. You called people bootlickers and ass kissers? Well, gee, I don't know how many times he sucked Tony Khan's dick, but Jesus fucking Christ, for you to win a championship over a kid that needed that push, that needed that championship, said... He puts the belt on you. For what fucking purpose does it serve not to put people over? You talk about not putting people over. Um, Are you the pot or the fucking kettle, dude? MJF is basically the younger yet better version of you. He looked up to you. A lot of people looked up to you because, well, the pipe bomb, that promo saved my life. And that's cool. Not to say that you can't have influence over people, man, but one of the things that bothered me, they're like, oh, I'm going to piss a lot of people off. Isn't that what your moniker is and what the staple of your whole fucking character makeup is, even outside of gimmick? Because you've been wrestling for so long and you decided to go to the company that you knew would suck your dick the minute you got to the fucking joint. The guy put Moxley over. Oh, really? Because you had a hurt foot, you egomaniac? Your ego precedes your wrestling ability, dude. You're not the same CM Punk that you were years ago in Ring of Honor. In that punk, you know, that version of you evolved when you went to WWE in a part of straight edge society. The point I'm trying to get, folks, the point I'm trying to get is if you listen to the basic message that he is trying to shoot out there is that I am saying you know, hi my name is 
CM Punk. I'm not going to mention his real fucking name because that would make me sound really fucking pretentious. But why the fuck not? I mean, he sounded like a pretentious snob anyways when he sat there and said, they walked out and gosh darn it, they're the bad guys. Well, golly gee, Willowkers, you fucking pussbag. You really think that running your mouth at a press conference about the competition, basically stating that, well, yeah, Vince is gone now. Yeah, Vince never really liked Punk. That's the honest to God truth. But Hunter tried to work things out for Punk. It just didn't work because his doofus son-in-law, they, at one point, Hunter was like trying to say, it's he thinks he's the entire company. Dude, years later, you know who comes in the company? And you're still there? It's called it's a thing called NXT. And yes, Colt Cabana was there for a, a sip of coffee and then just, you know, gone. Sammy Callahan, sip of coffee, didn't really know what to do with him, left on good terms. There's a shit ton of names that came after Punk that amplified the WWE in a way that never can be duplicated ever the fuck again. And to sit there and say, I don't notice the change in any culture. Dude, I'm not expecting you to change your mind overnight, but when WWE starts with a damn good showing of SummerSlam and, uh, let's see here, a Raw that was easy to follow this time, and an NXT that's not completely full of interviews, and, well, they only had one bad moment, Roxana Perez and shit and Tiffany Stratton bullshit, but other than that, they're doing just fine. And people are like, well, are you, are you trying to convince him? Are you trying to propaganda the shit? No. Trying to tell him. If you're listening, here's what it is. You and Hunter need to have a sit down. I don't care if it ends in fisticuffs where you beat the fuck out of each other. But I do know one thing. It makes you look bad when you sit there and say things. The irony of what you say Come back to bite you in the ass because, yes, you said there are nothing but bootlickers and company ass kissers, whatever, and they completely, you know, demoralize these women, these poor women. No, they're not poor. They're making company money of the fact that they sit off their ass and and maybe do a few appearances here. And the Sasha's asking for 30 grand in appearance. Poor my ass. Comic-Con gave her money for an appearance, and she'll make money, and she probably made money off her uh, autograph signing and what have you for the con. The point I'm trying to get at is, dude, don't write checks with your mouth that your ass can't cash. You make a good career. What the fuck are you worried about the competition for? They're like, I don't even think they're on our level because of ratings. Like, really? So, bleeding every single fucking week makes you a great wrestler? Means you're a true sportsman? Come the fuck on with that nonsense, dude. Talking about a company that doesn't even know what the fuck to do with Wardlow. Ever since MJF left, he looks fucking naked gimmick-wise. And two, let's point out the fallacies of AEW, shall we? Their women can't walk because the person that brought them in Omega, nice dude, met him at WrestleCon. Not to totally mark out for that, but here's the thing. AEW's women's division 
talent that needs direction, not only metaphorically speaking, but literally and figuratively speaking. That women's division was carried on her back, was carried on her back by Britt Baker. I don't really like anybody, to be honest with you, from AEW, because it looks like, if you ever seen the movie Little Giants, where in real life, that movie would not even... I mean, it's possible for a team to come together and cohesively form a great team and then ups, you know, pull the upset out of the century. The women's division in AEW, comparatively speaking to WWE, the women's division in AEW sucks so bad that they have to have literally the same match every single fucking week. And to say that they're trying is kind of laughable. To, to to mention the fact that two women walked out of WWE, really, but it made room for good matches between Asuka, Bianca, and Becky. It was a triple threat at Hell in a Cell. It made room for a good match between Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch at SummerSlam, this current SummerSlam. Look at the the way that things are structured in AEW. There's so many fucking title matches. There's so much chaos. There's stories that don't really make sense. Like Luchasaurus going from heel to babyface and people are like, oh, just wait for there'll be a really? You think Khan and Creative is that smart? By Creative, I mean the Young Bucks who sit in the office and basically say, I like this guy. I like that guy. God help this guy. He sucks ass. We don't like him, so we're going to push him to the back of the fucking line. I guarantee you that Matt and Nick are basically running the show, and Tony Khan is only their puppet. You want to drop so many pipe bombs in one full setting. Like, there's the people that talk about it, and there's the people that do it. Obviously, you like to still talk after 11 years of bitterness. I'm sticking up for the company that I've watched since I was a kid. Outside of ECW and WCW. WCW didn't really start watching them probably, honestly, till Bash at the Beach in 95. You know, I started renting Blockbuster VHSs and watching old WCW, old WWF, she, whatever. I can't really honestly say that I'm vested in AEW shit because it's a bunch of guys... And some gals living in their fucking glory days. I want to talk about people not being, you know, bipartisan and you're just biased because you're a WWE guy. I will fully admit to you guys, I have not done consecutive shows because wrestling was a pile of shit. It was so unbearable to watch both AEW and WWE. And I know. My friend, like I said, I know my friend in Columbia. I know other friends of mine that prefer AEW over WWE because it gives them AEW is the company known to give the fans always, all the time, what they want. But there's a problem with that. If you're given what you want all the fucking time and there's no balance set in between that of having. One of your top guys lose, then what is the point? 
What is the point of even having a show when you say it's not structured? You just said a show is not structured. So what do you call Rampage? The show that's perfect? What do you call Dynamite? Considering every fucking week that I turn on that show, there's somebody bleeding in the fucking ring. You don't need the gig to be considered a good wrestler. You just need to fucking tell a story. I say that a hundred million, billion, trillion times. If you have to gig to tell a story and it doesn't make fucking sense to gig, why are you doing it? Moxley? I love that dude's crazy. I love crazy wrestlers, man. But why in the hell would you gig yourself? You know, in the Leo Rush match, okay, that match was phenomenal. The match with Tanahashi, not, a, you know, really that knowledgeable of Japanese talent from New Japan. But the point is, when you say shit like things aren't structured and, oh, you know, it won't change the culture. It didn't change the culture. They said, I was a quitter when I walked out because you're a fucking whiny asshole. There's no other. There are a few adjectives or a few phrases to describe punk. That is a dude who can run his mouth like nobody's business. Actually, his mouth is open 24-7 like a 7-Eleven or any gas station for that matter. It stinks like, well, stinks like shit and smells like piss. He has, you know, ever since WrestleMania 29, CM Punk, he had a great match with guess who? A guy that he did not put the fuck over. Why? It's not time yet, really. So then you win the championship. Colt Cabana goes out, you know, off the grid or whatever. And we haven't seen Punk in a while since he tried to calm MJF down. We don't know. We're like, oh, we got him right where he wanted. Really? He's been missing from TV for almost a year now. And we're getting towards the tail middle of 2022. They're like, oh, MJF's coming back at this pay-per-view. The fuck he is. Unless you offered him the sun, moon, and stars. That's another thing. I know that Punk has been cited as saying before that certain guys don't put certain guys over. And that he does nothing negative to say about John Cena. He has nothing negative to say about certain friends of his that are still in the company. But at the same fucking time, he knows... That some people will sit there and be fooled by his rhetoric, by his logic. Punk's world, Triple H never tried to reach out to him. He just told me what to do. He was a bossy asshole. He told me I had to take a P-test. Boo fucking who? Take the goddamn P-test. You want to talk about people being bootlickers? Well... Who earned the top spot of the company, even though the fact he's fucking injured because you have a fanboy running your fucking show versus the guy that's been in the business since probably in the mid-80s, Triple H. You have a guy that once upon a time ran NXT, helped out with some of the main roster stuff, but, you know, the fact that people say stuff (laughs) – as an interview, and there, you know, there's no shame in his voice. Yeah, he walked out of the company 11 years ago, man. But what I'm telling you is, certain guys will always, forever be that asshole, and there will never ever be a change until 
something happens where they meet face to face and they say, look, this is what I have to say to you. If you don't like it, you can shove it up your ass and blow it out your asshole. Will CM Punk and Triple H ever meet face to face again? Probably not. Because Punk's pride or Hunter's pride will probably get in the fucking way of this shit. But for him to sit there completely, you're not, I'm not expecting the competition to be like roll over and say, oh yeah, we give them credit. When in fact, if Triple H is not a team player and he, he only focused on harming you from a mental perspective, then why the fuck would he sit there and tell the media, well, I'm just like you guys, kind of in the dark, you know? Watch, you know, tune in and watch. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to watch the shit flow. Also, Hunter said, and this was 11 years ago, I made sure to work with him. And the guy's like, I was watching that clip and he heard him manage to press the fight, sweet punk under the rug. I could have, but he didn't. He tried to work with the fucker, but the fact is, CM Punk was like not having any of it. And he said, fuck this, I'm gone. I'm leaving professional wrestling, and I'm going to try a sport that I have no business in trying. That's MMA. Boy, did he suck eggs at that. And then he went back to wrestling, and guess for whom? Even when Paige was still there, man. It was Raw Talk or whatever. CM Punk wasn't in direct contact with Triple H at the time. Okay, And this was a few years ago. He came back to briefly work for WWE, and people kept suggesting, oh, let him wrestle, let him wrestle. Really? You want to still live in that time frame? But then AEW got him, and they kind of ran with the idea that MJF and Punk could have a great feud, and then Jericho comes back in the picture. I like Chris, but my God, man, go to the back and Moxley I want the Jericho that won the Jericho Cup back in 95, not this bullshit dad bod, Chris Jericho. So lose 50 pounds, Chris. I know I don't have any room to talk because I'm fat. I'm a fat fuck myself, but anybody has the wherewithal to notice what CM Punk is trying to do is basically, I haven't gotten much attention. I haven't been on TV. Neither has MJF. Pay the man rather than pay all these other dudes who have been, they already have a storied career. Why the fuck would you need to give Punk more? Because he draws more. A lot of people want to see him. Of course we do. But after what he just said, no. No, I don't want to see him. He sounds bitter as shit. Bitter as fuck. My bad. That sounds better. He sounds bitter as fuck. And he really pointed something as like, I don't know, what's the word? Or let me fill that in for him. What are the words to describe AEW? Bitter. Moved on. Some of them have moved on because they've they've won championships. You give Punk everything that he asked for. And he's still crying like a whiny little child that didn't get the candy bar that mom, you know, stressed him. We're not getting this. We're not getting this. It's already been laid on on the table, folks. Punk is just... I mean, that's like me being bitter over the fact that Tom Brady, the Raiders, started his dynasty by accident 
that little after reviewing the play, the arm the player's arm was moving forward, therefore it is an incomplete pass. The ball will be placed on the twenty eight airline. Please reset the clock to whatever, whatever. Yes. Raider fans are still pissed about it, but do we hold a grudge? Yeah. A lot of us do because we feel that we could have won the Super Bowl. Do we talk about it every fucking year? No. But Punk keeps bringing up the bullshit that happened in 2011. They called me a quitter. No. They called you bitch because that's exactly what you act like. You and Mercedes would get along just fine because you guys like to manipulate a situation to where some fans will be like, oh, yeah, the company was totally wrong, and they don't even know what the half the fuck goes on in that locker room, nor do I. But since I've been on the other side of the curtain, does that make me all-knowing expert? No, but I know enough when a boss tells you to do something, you don't sit there, I'm not going to do it. I've not known one person that has, you know, well, maybe I do. But let's say you get told to put stuff away at your job. And the head honcho is standing right there, and you tell him, fuck off, I'm not doing it. You're going to get immediately fired. You're not going to get a coaching. You're not going to get a write-up. You're just – it's going to go straight to let's go to the office. Turn in your badge, turn in your uh, discount card. That's it. Or whatever. Or if you, as, as Triple H put it, if you work for IBM and the CEO of the company tells you to do something, are you just going to stand there? I'm not fucking doing it. Bye. Go look for work elsewhere. CM Punk has, of course, you know, automatically, hands down, the best promo, right? FTR's outshining him. They, you know, they're sitting there saying, well, we weren't in a good place either. No, because at the time, WWE really didn't know quite how, I mean, they were tag team champions. They were doing great. But did they bitch and moan every single chance they get about WWE? No. They turned it into something beautiful, and they made it work. They made it worthwhile. Whereas Punk is turning this into one big, I'm going to piss a lot of people off. Well, you didn't piss some people off. It's just like, I'd like to point out, you said it lacks structure. It doesn't have anything that's changed in 11 years since I've been there. You mentioned your walkout. Your walkout was completely different on different terms. Sasha stomped her feet at, at multiple times at the company, walked out because she felt burned out. You could have easily told Vince, I'm sick. I'm not feeling my best. Can I please get written off TV so that I can go home and take care of my shit? Now I know why people, certain people don't like CM Punk. It's because he'll sit there and tell you, this is what happened between so-and-so, and this is the only opinion that seems worthwhile. That's like going into a courtroom with one attorney who's going to present you facts, and then the judge will say, okay, this is the only thing, so yeah, his or her opinion is the only opinion that matters, and we're not even going to go to trial. This person's guilty. You have to have a prosecution and 
you also have to have a defense lawyer. Otherwise, the court, the case absolutely has no place. CM Punk's gripes, it's like, wow, you're telling half the fucking story and getting away with it because fans are like, man, did you see the match between so-and-so? Catering to a fan base is one thing. That's That's great. You keep an audience. But catering to them all the time and not letting them experience disappointment is a fucking problem. Why? What are, what's going to happen when you hear boos during a certain match that doesn't make sense, that has a whole bunch of chaos and shit going on around it? You're not going to know what to do with yourselves. And Punk says there's less structure, so you call having a barbed wire match for your main event structure, and then at the end there's so many run-ins, it's hard to keep track of and keep count? Like, man, seriously, for real, get the fuck out with that bullshit. You've wrestled for over 20-plus years, and the one thing they should have taught you was Instead of, you know, being bitter and sour grapes about shit, I could, and others could be bitter about certain wrestling companies or companies in general. Do I sit here and gripe about KCXW at any chance I get? Anymore? No, because that shit got old. And I had a legit gripe with them and how they ran their shit. Some people pay me out to be the bad guy. I don't give two fucks. I'm not going to sit here and say, so-and-so did this and -and so-and-so did that because that also is a reflection. If I was to go anywhere else, where did you start? be honest with you, I'm going to give you an honest answer. Nowhere. That school, you know, did this, this, and this. Not going to go on tangent, but to see on social media, to hear the interview myself before I came on air tonight. Yeah, folks, I did my homework. I did my homework and I, to the letter, decided how I was going to do this. How am I going to present this to people? AEW's got a shit ton of fans. i seen guys wear AEW outside of, you know, at a a Walmart, at a Target, you know, sometimes out in the street, doesn't matter. What I'm trying to say is, for someone to say there's lack of ability, there's lack of intrigue, talking to, and while Jade's like, I don't think they'll change anything because I heard her. Those of you who watch AEW and WWE, there have been subtle differences, actually, yeah, subtle differences from WWE. They're not doing as many backstage interviews. Hunter's trying to structure it to make it have a better structure than what it used to have. Because under Vince, it was this amount of matches and X amount of talking. No one wanted to see the fucking talking, but apparently we did under the tutelage of Vince McMahon. I and others have noticed significant changes in WWE's presentation. AEW really hasn't changed. They're missing their top piece. 
the final piece of their puzzle. Better fucking pay the man instead of paying guys like Punk, who either drive people out of the business or out of the company, or basically, you know, plays favorites because he worked with Moxley once upon a time, not just in WWE, but other wrestling places elsewhere. So, you know, thing is, you know, you can be bitter, you can be sour grapes, you can do whatever you feel that's necessary, but at the same time, there comes a boiling point for me where you have sat griped for the last 10 fucking years and aired out your grievances. You're free to do so, dude. No one's, no one said that you didn't, you could or you couldn't. But if I'm looking at numbers, AEW's got it. They also go through peaks and valleys and their stories don't make sense. So you want to talk about lack of structure? Holy fuck. They've had the same story between Brock and Roman for the last year. Doofus. They've had women feuding with one another for at least a year. Becky and Bianca. Unlike Britt and Thunder Rosa, who seems to face each other every single fucking time because there's no one else in the women's division outside of Jade Cargill who was being built. She's athletic. She's strong. But <laughs> she's basically the roided out version of Bianca Belair. You know? I'm just pointing out the fucking Captain Obvious's point. Did you really honestly think that people can catch on? Well, MJF's a great kitty. You know, he needs a lot of work. Needs some fine-tuning. Really? Needs fine-tuning? I think someone's ego's been stretched further than measuring tape that'll go out a certain distance. And even then, CM Punk's ego is what got in the way of him succeeding anywhere else. He's already established. He's won championships. But to him, I am just taking a gander. Taking a stab at WWE has to feel very fulfilling for him and guys like Chris Jericho. Not Jericho, but you know, do you hear anyone else that used to work for WWE taking subtle jabs at their former company? I don't really care. That's part of wrestling, but at the same time, guys, I'm going to wind down by saying the following. Careful what you say, because it might just come back to bite you in the ass. I'm telling you, AEW's shows are not going out to certain arenas. They're not reaching the global audience like WWE. And if you ask the casual fan who they prefer and what they know of, WWE's name comes first when, they come, when the shit comes out their mouth about what they know and what they don't know. All right, folks, that'll do it for tonight. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to tune in this Saturday. (laughs) And if you didn't like what good old Brian Rails had to say, that I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Toodles, bitches, I got to get my beauty rest. I love you all. Thank you for tuning in. Maestro, could you please hit this bullshit? That I once upon a time felt like I could jam out to because he was inspiration. Just hit it.